0: what is up everyone it's quinn here and in this video i'm going to be going through my week eight wide receiver start sits so going through every single week eight matchup talking about every fantasy relevant wide receiver and then listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit for the starts i typically say these are going to be like your wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos i just think there are so many confident wide receiver plays we're probably going to be going past like that 24 wide receiver number even though we were never really locked in on that just the wide receivers you feel very confident throwing into your lineup the fringe options you may not love it but they're suitable they could slide in like a flex option wide receiver three whatever you need no bye weeks this week so you probably should be feeling pretty good about your wide receivers but then the sits Obviously, these are players you would prefer to keep on your bench. My running back start sit video is already up if you guys want to check that one out after this. But let's just dive into the Thursday night matchup. We have the Buccaneers taking on the Bills. Now for the Bucks, Mike Evans here is the clear locked in start. He's been dominant this season seems like he is Baker's top weapon. But for Chris Godwin, even though he hasn't had, you know, like a crazy run or a bunch of these dominant games like Mike Evans, he's still commanding a lot of volume and he's giving you a pretty high weekly floor. So I still think better games could be ahead here for Chris Godwin. And I still think he's startable as like your wide receiver two, wide receiver three. So I have both these Bucks wide receivers as starts. And then for the Bills, obviously Stefan Diggs, you're firing him up as a wide receiver one every single week. And then for Gabe Davis, he had that nice run of you know touchdowns, big plays. That has come to an end. His weekly floor is very, very low. So he's gonna be a fringe option for me. You know, he could always give you one of those nuclear games like four for 120 and a touchdown, but his weekly floor is just so low. There's not a ton of guaranteed volume, not a player I'd feel overly comfortable starting at this point. Um, then moving over to the Sunday slate, we have the Texans taking on the Panthers. For the Texans, Nico Collins has been balling with C.J. Stroud. I think you fire him up as a very, very strong play. I think Tank Dell is a fringe option. He did miss a game prior to the bye week, so it seems like we haven't seen him in a little bit. But he's been starting to break out. C.J. Stroud's been playing at a very high level. I think Tank Dell is a nice fringe option and should probably continue to get better throughout the season. And then going to be sitting uh, Robert Woods there for the Texans. For the Panthers, I really kept waiting for like the Adam Thielen thing to just fall off. It has not fallen off. He has been an absolute monster for fantasy. You just keep riding the hot hand, and you fire him up as a very confident play. And then you're going to be sitting there number two and number three, DJ Chark and Jonathan Mingo. The next matchup is going to be between the Rams and the Cowboys, And for the Rams here, I felt like some people were maybe a little bit worried about Puka after his down game last week. We pretty much saw the complete inverse of what we saw in week six, um, because in week seven, Puka Nakua went off, Cooper Cup with the down game. I mean, Puka is legit. He's hanging in there with Cup. Both these dudes are going to be monsters rest of season. And then I'm going to be sitting Tutu Atwell. It's just going to be tough to consistently put up solid production when you have Cooper Cup and Puka just absolutely dominating the touches week to week and all the targets. On the other side for the Cowboys, you keep firing up C.D. Lamb as a nice wide receiver one play, like fringe wide receiver one, however you see it. And then going to be sitting Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. Cooks finally had a decent game. The volume and consistency just has not been there, so he will stay as a sit. Shifting over to the Vikings-Packers divisional matchup here, Jordan Addison absolutely went off on Monday Night Football against the 49ers. You love to see it. You continue to fire him up as a nice like wide receiver two option with Jefferson out. I mean, he does seem to have a pretty high weekly ceiling like we saw last week or yesterday. And then I'm going to be uh sitting KJ Osborne there. On the other side for the Packers, Christian Watson has not been great, you know, since coming back from injury. I think it's a, you know, combination of Jordan Love in there not playing at a super high level. I still think he's playable as a fringe option. He is dealing with an injury. I think it's a knee injury. He struggled to stay healthy. If he is able to give it a go, I think he's a fringe option. If Christian Watson is out, then I think you probably bump up Romeo Dobbs to a fringe option. Um, but hopefully Watson's good to go when he gets back on track. But hard to list him as a start with what we've seen um, you know, since he's played this season. Um, shifting over to the Saints-Colts matchup for the Saints, we had Chris Olave driving a little bit too fast. I think that was last night assuming he's good to go play this week which he probably will be you fire him up as a start michael thomas finally got into the end zone good to see very very safe weekly floor i think he's a nice fringe option and then rashid shaheed he's made some big plays just not enough consistency or weekly volume to want to play him in your lineups for the colts Uh, Michael Pittman continues to produce kind of a down volume game, but made up for it with a big play. And then Josh Downs, I kind of want to lock in here on Josh Downs. We have seen Gardner Minshew play significant snaps in five games. So I think that's his three starts. And then the two games where uh, Anthony Richardson left early on with injury. In those five games, Josh Downs is averaging 14.7 points per game, PPR points per game, and then 7.4 targets a game. So he's very involved week to week. He's producing with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I feel like he's someone you have to confidently start moving forward, and he potentially could be on waivers in some leagues. That's how kind of slept on he's been. I think he's a nice option moving forward. He's proven he's talented, and he's a rookie, so he could just continue to get better throughout the rest of the season. In the next game, we're going to have a divisional matchup between the Patriots and the Dolphins. Kendrick Bourne has had nice uh, back-to-back performances. Still not really qualifying for me as a fringe option here. Don't know how much we can trust this uh, Patriots offense, these wide receivers. So sitting Bourne, sitting Parker, sitting Juju, and then sitting uh, DeMario Douglas. And then for the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, you fire both of these dudes up. Obviously, Tyreek Hill continues to produce. Jalen Waddle hasn't necessarily had like the boom games I thought we'd get out of him. Seems to be dealing with some sort of back injury, but I still think he's a solid like weekly wide receiver 2 option. Then we're going to have the Jets taking on the Giants. For the Jets, you fire up Garrett Wilson as a start. They continue to feed him. Um, coming off the bye week, he should continue to get a lot of volume. He's a start. For the Giants, Don't really want to be trusting any of these guys, sitting Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson, and Darius Slayton. I do like to see Hyatt making some big plays, Wondell Robinson commanding some volume, but in terms of actually cracking your fantasy lineup, would definitely look to avoid playing those guys. Then shifting over to the Jaguars-Steelers matchup, some nice wide receivers here uh, for the Jaguars. I'm gonna be starting Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. Now, prior to the week seven Thursday night game, Ridley and Kirk were pretty much neck and neck in terms of their points per game. Like they were right in the same ballpark. Then on Thursday night, we saw Kirk go six for 90 with a touchdown. And then on the other side of the field, we saw Calvin Ridley catch one pass for five yards. So it seems like that one game has just like created this massive, like anti Calvin Ridley sentiment. Um, I've seen it in my comments, you know, people thinking Calvin Ridley's done, he's cooked, they never target him, all this stuff. And I just think it's way too early to like, bury Calvin Ridley at this point. The fact that they were neck and neck, one game cannot just completely swing that entire opinion because we could go out next week they have the flip, you know, in terms of their production, and then everyone's going to feel pretty foolish, just completely throwing away Calvin Ridley. I think both of these guys are still startable. Um, Now, if this continues to be a trend and we see Calvin Ridley continue to not be involved, then I think we make the change. We bump him to a fringe option or a sit, but I'm not giving up yet. These are two top wide receivers on a top offense. Um, I definitely think Christian Kirk should be viewed as the more valuable option moving forward, but I still think Calvin Ridley is definitely playable and is definitely startable. Talked about him as a buy low option, so still very in on Calvin Ridley at this point. Now on the other side for the Steelers, I feel like there had to be some concern here for Pickens. Um, you know, played so well with Deontay out, but you have Deontay Johnson coming back. Deontay commands a ton of volume. This dealer's passing attack hasn't been great. So was there really gonna be enough going around for both of these wide receivers to find success? One game into them being back together, the answer was yes. We saw George Pickens get targeted eight times, caught five of them for 107 yards. Deontay was targeted six times, caught five of them for 79 yards. We saw Pickens and Deontay account for 81% of the team's receiving yards. Now that's obviously not sustainable, but that's really what you wanna see, right? When these teams are target funneling their opportunities to the like top weapons, that's perfect that's what we see the 49ers do you know when you got those studs out there they just force feed those guys targets that's the ideal way to distribute your opportunities so i think at this point both pickens and deontay johnson can be viewed as solid starts here heading into week eight now moving over to the falcons titans matchup for the falcons i have drake london as a start in previous uh, weeks i've had him as like a fringe option because you can never really trust the passing volume there for the Falcons. At least that was kind of like the narrative early on in the season. But if we exclude Drake London's one like week one goose egg we just did nothing, he's averaging 13.9 PPR points per game. Last four weeks, he's averaging 14.9 points per game. And then I really like the matchup here against the Titans. Teams have really, really struggled to run the ball against them. I know that's what the Falcons wanna do. They wanna spam the run with Bijan and Tyler Algier but this is probably gonna be a pretty competitive game. Um, Titans probably gonna be without Tannehill. Falcons offense hasn't been lighting it up. The Titans have allowed the seventh most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. So I think Drake London's gonna have his opportunities. I have him as a start here. For D Hop, I have him as a fringe. He still has some juice left in the tank here, but if we don't have Ryan Tannehill, uh, Malik Willis did not look good. Who knows what Will Levis will look like at this point. I don't think you can feel great playing him just given the uh, quarterback situation there now pivoting over to a divisional matchup between the eagles and the commanders i mean aj brown has been dominant you fire him up as a high-end wide receiver one devonta smith continues to be a little bit underwhelming i'm not panicking this passing attack has been fine devonta smith should have some better games moving forward he's still a start for me as like a wide receiver two. and then sitting julio jones Good to see Julio out there. Maybe he gets his ring, you know, it'd be nice to see, but fantasy wise, don't think he's gonna be super relevant playing behind AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Now for the commanders, I have Terry McLaurin as a start. Early on in the season, it was a little bit concerning how he wasn't commanding a ton of volume. The targets were being spread all over the place. Over the last few weeks, he's had some solid volume. He's given you some nice production even without getting into the end zone. So you like the weekly floor, I think he's a start here probably going to be a game where they're going to have a decent amount of passing volume. So he's a start and they're going to be sitting Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. A lot of love for Curtis Samuel last week in the comments, just not someone I wanted to rely on week to week. There are always going to be like those veteran wide receivers who, you know, five, six weeks into the season, they're averaging 11, 12 points per game. People kind of get excited to start them. And then it just kind of, you know, falls off throughout the rest of the season. I kind of feel like that's what we have here with uh, Curtis Samuel. In the next game, we have the Browns taking on the Seahawks. The Browns quarterback room has really been all over the place. We've got starts from the backups. We have Deshaun Watson leaving a concussion, and then we get a backup again. So Amari Cooper coming off a not-so-great game. I think you go back to the well here. I really think he's a start regardless of if it's Watson or one of the backups. He's still going to be a start. Sitting Elijah Moore. For Elijah Moore, I'd really like to see him get some stable quarterback play because I do think he is playable, but the way it's gone so far, we just haven't gotten it for him. And then for the Seahawks here, very interesting spot here for these Seahawks wide receivers. So I think DK Metcalf's injury could really you know, change a lot on how we're viewing these guys heading into this week. So he missed week seven with hip and rib injuries. And if Metcalf returns, I mean, you got to assume he slides right back in there as the wide receiver one, Tyler Lockett as the wide receiver two, And if that's the case, that's where the wide receiver three spot gets kind of mucky. We saw JSN had a great game um, on Sunday, four for 63 and a touchdown. You'd assume, oh, that's a great sign. You know, he's going to be the wide receiver two if Metcalf is out. He's going to be the wide receiver three if uh, Metcalf is back. But we also saw Jake Bobo go four for 61 and a touchdown. Bobo's been filtering in. They clearly like him. And those two wide receivers ran the same number of routes. So it's not like it was... JSN and usage, then Bobo way below him. They ran the exact same number of routes. So I think if DK misses this game, I think JSN is playable. But if DK Metcalf returns, I'll be very interested to see what this wide receiver three spot looks like, because I don't think they're just going to completely remove Jake uh, Bobo from like his playing opportunities. So I do think it could end up being a split there for the wide receiver three spot, which is something you would want to avoid I mean, expecting the uh, Seahawks to run like four wide receiver sets is very unreasonable considering they were kind of reluctant to go super heavy three wide receiver sets. So that's kind of my initial take. If Metcalf is back, I wouldn't feel great playing JSN just because I think there may be some split there with JSN and Jake Bobo. If Metcalf is out, then I do think you could fire up JSN as like a fringe play. In the next game, we have the uh, Ravens taking on the Cardinals. For the Ravens, Zay Flowers continues to be solid, have a pretty high weekly floor, Lamar looked fantastic as a passer on Sunday. So I like Zay Flowers. Gonna be sitting Odell Beckham. Pretty much Flowers and Andrews. Those are the two wide receivers I want here for the Ravens. And then for the Cardinals, I have Marquise Brown as a start. Coming off of two not so great games. That'll happen. Cardinals are probably gonna need some passing volume here against the Ravens. Marquise Brown, plenty talented probably not going to have Kyler at quarterback. We'll see. I think he's a start regardless. And then sitting the depth options there with uh, Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore. Then we have the Chiefs taking on the Broncos. And for the Chiefs, I can finally list Rasheed Rice as a fringe option here. He's someone I've talked about like every week in the waiver wire videos. Someone I thought could potentially break out moving forward. He saw his best usage this season in week seven. He had a 65% route participation which like compared to other top wide receivers, that is a very poor route participation, but compared to what he has had in previous weeks, that was a great sign. He overtook Skymore in routes. He had his best game of the year, five receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. That's three straight games with 11 plus PPR points. I think he's a fringe option. And I think if his role continues to grow, he could be someone who is very viable as like a much more confident play rest of season. And then for the Broncos, can't really love what you've seen out of this Broncos offense Corlin Sutton keeps getting into the end zone so it's kind of saving his value I have as a fringe option sitting Jerry Judy he just hasn't been able to command a lot of volume and he also hasn't been able to get into the end zone Uh, looking at the Bengals 49ers matchup this should be a good one I like Jamar Chase and T Higgins as starts T Higgins expecting him to be you know closer to 100% for this game sitting Tyler Boyd for the 49ers they're probably going to be without Debo again I think the initial report was that he'll miss, you know, two or more weeks. So Brandon Ayuk, you fire him up as a start. Juwan Jennings will probably see some opportunities, but not someone I want to rely on in my fantasy lineup then uh, Sunday Night Football, Bears taking on the Chargers. For the Bears, it seems like Justin Fields is doubtful for this one. Baygent looked solid, he fed DJ Moore the ball. Didn't have a crazy game, but you know it was fine for PPR standards. I think Moore is a nice option here. Chargers typically you know, kind of get destroyed through the air. Then looking at the Chargers, obviously Keenan Allen, you fire him up as a locked in start. And then I also think Josh Palmer kind of deserves a start designation here. Over the last four weeks, he is averaging 13.4 PPR points, and he's had at least uh, 60 yards and seven targets in all four of those games. So solid floor, pretty decent matchup here against the Bears. I like him as a start. And then the final game of the week, Raiders taking on the Lions. You fire up Devontae Adams. I know he hasn't had a great run. He's still a wide receiver one. And then for Jacoby Myers, it seems like every week, you know, I go on and I talk about how he's a great option if Jimmy Garoppolo is starting. I think I just got to give my respect to Jacoby Myers as a player. He is a very, very good wide receiver. Patriots totally sold, letting him leave. I'm pretty sure they paid him and Juju the same money. So we saw him produce even without Jimmy G. We do get Jimmy G back, but I think we just got to recognize these are two very talented wide receivers here. This is not just like, oh, the quarterback likes Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is a very good NFL wide receiver. And then for the Lions, Amon St. Brown with some crazy volume over the last two weeks. You continue to fire him up as a very confident wide receiver one, and then sitting Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams. That is going to wrap it up for all the uh, week eight wide receivers. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.